Welcome to the Unscripted Authentic Leadership Podcast, a podcast where we're seeking to lead change while also seeking to understand. We're also here as a platform for leaders to come together to unite, to develop, and empower other leaders in the areas of business, family, and community. I'm your host, Lafayette Lane, joined by our co-host, John LeBron, and today we are joined by our special guest, Ashley Kirkwood, who has joined us to have a conversation on how to become a profitable speaker. Put those hands together, put those clap emojis in the comment section, make Ashley feel real good. She is an international speaker and award-winning lawyer. She believes that you should learn how to start at the top of the speaking market instead of working your way up from the bottom. In fact, that's the subtitle of her latest book. She has helped doctors, lawyers, entrepreneurs, consultants, therapists, DEI experts, and many other experts package and position their expertise to land large corporate and collegiate speaking contracts using her proprietary PAID methodology. Today, she has joined us right here on the Unscripted Authentic Leadership Podcast. Ashley, thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. Let's get right into the conversation. So we're talking about how to become a profitable speaker. How did you even get started in the speaking space? That is such a good question. So when I originally left, I was a corporate trial lawyer, um, did jury trials at places all around, like around the country. While I was in uh, my large law firm practice, I did three trials. Now, three may sound like that's not a lot of trials, but I was one of the most experienced trial associates in my class. There were actually partners at our firm who had never done trial okay so in the large law firm space you don't do a lot of trials and one of the things that our firm did because it was a a large firm in chicago is they had trial experts and speech experts come and help us to become better presenters and persuaders and it was incredible so i was doing all this work so 99 percent of my time was spent writing briefs and arguing in a written form But what I absolutely loved was when I had the chance to stand in a federal courtroom before a jury and persuade them that our client was right. And the first case that I really got to take front and center was for a federal civil rights trial. So it was very, 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 very close to my heart. I'd worked on the case since I was a law student and got to try it as a fully barred attorney. But it was also in that moment that I decided, I'm gonna win this trial and I'm gonna go out like Mike. Like, this is gonna be it. (laughs) Like, I was working. 20 hour days. I was not seeing my husband a lot. I love spending time with my husband. We actually work together full time in our business. We are always together. Um, so I, I just did, I was like, okay, I love this part of it. I love the persuasion. I love waltzing around the courtroom, getting my Olivia Pope on all that was lit, but I did not like the hours that I spent in an office alone writing and advocating in that format. It was just not as fun as I imagined it would be. I grew up watching Law & Order. So after doing that, I started getting in the press, winning a lot of awards, um, being written about in different media outlets and news outlets. And so because of that, I was getting phone calls from colleges saying, hey, can you come and speak to our students? And this question changed my life. What's your rate? Now, prior to this, I was a minister in church, so I'd spoken before. I'd gotten like 100 bucks to do stuff at local organizations, but no one had ever asked those three questions, what's your rate? You know, <laughs> like, or maybe for, for, no one ever asked that, that, that sentence to me before. And so it was at that moment that I started digging deeper into seeing whether or not this was a possibility for my life. But even then, like I knew about it, but it wasn't the thing that I left my corporate job to do solely. At first, I left my corporate job to start my own law firm. 
And even in that, I could not escape the speaking calling that was on my life because several clients started coming to me and they were like, Ashley, can you draft this contract? You used to be a big shot lawyer for big companies. Can you help me? And I was like, I'll do you one better. I'm not even going to draft this because I hate these terms. I'm going to renegotiate the terms. And I ended up getting that client tens of thousands of dollars of additional revenue. Had another client, I was able to renegotiate her speaking contract and licensing deal and get her an extra six figures on the contract. So at that point, they started telling their friends, all of their friends started reaching out. And I was negotiating speaking contracts on behalf of creatives, experts, and entrepreneurs against these large organizations that weren't really paying them what they should have been paying them. And that was when I decided, okay, this is actually a separate business because my husband who loves me and also has no problem with pricing and charging was like, you do know this isn't normal for the lawyer to do this. And I was like, I don't know. I feel like it's pretty normal. Like aren't lawyers good negotiators? He was like, who do you negotiate against for the large company? And that changed the game because they never had their lawyer present. Their lawyer would come at the end when he'd already, we'd already negotiated all the business terms and they were just coming to ink the deal, which was like, you know, what we said in the industry, Jay was just doing some, you know, signing it, making sure it got through. So really the skill set of negotiating, advocating, understanding terms, putting a deal together, pricing right, positioning correctly is a business skill. It doesn't mean you're a bad lawyer if you don't have it. It's just not a skill all lawyers have. So at that point, we started the Speak Your Way to Cash brand, started the podcast. We started the event, the Speak Your Way to Cash live event. We're on our seventh event this year. And what eventually happened is I loved coaching more than I loved law. <laughs> so I ended up where we now are scaling down our firm and scaling up our coaching company. We've helped over 1000 paid clients in the Speak Your Way to Cash brand relatively quickly. And so many of them have gone from not getting paid to getting paid, or they've gone from like making $30,000 with 50 sold clients to having one or two clients at the 50 plus thousand dollar mark and it's transformed the way that they live their lives that's incredible i mean it really is it's so that cool really it's so <laughs> cool how you able to because so many people start in your direction they say this is what i'm going to be when i grow up sort of thing and they go to school i did it lafayette went to school for a discipline and obviously you did and yours was a lot harder than ours but it's okay and then you went through it a lot more years than I went to school. I was captain of the I'm never going back to my master's program type of guy. And so you obviously had continuing education after a bachelor degree. And then you said, you know what? You eventually found your actual calling and stepped into it, which so many people are afraid to do. It's like, what is my family going to think? Or what if I'm wasting my degree? Or I'm thinking, what if you're wasting your life? <laughs> and you really did it. It's so great. I, I'm I'm so impressed. So you've helped people then go from either no paid engagements to paid engagements, and then or some with low paid to higher paid. So therefore they can take less clients. I'm guessing those are like consultants or coaches. Is this through your paid methodology? And if so, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So we have a suite of services that we offer from um, our free Pitch Your Way to Cash Challenge, which is coming up at the end of the month, or um, our live event. But no matter what we're doing, the foundation of what we coach upon is based on our proprietary paid methodology. And what that stands for is the P in that stands for press. 
The A stands for assembling an offer. The I stands for inviting clients to work with you. And the D stands for delivery. There are two things that every single client that works with me would agree upon. And that is this. When they stop working with me, they have more confidence and they have a better sales plan and system. Prior to working with me, it was like some of them, you know how it is. Like a lot of speakers, they just, they get calls or they get a referral and they're like, man, it doesn't seem like anyone has a budget. But what I have found in my life, especially at the beginning of my entrepreneurship journey, and I don't know if you all agree, but the opportunities that were coming to me weren't necessarily the ones I love to take, but the ones that I pitched for were perfect for me because I had already vetted the opportunity. And what a lot of people miss is they stop vetting opportunities because they're scared of rejection. So though that is what the paid methodology, it's an acronym, that's what it stands for. We cover it more in our book as well. But each of those elements has their own strategy behind it to ensure that you have a well-oiled machine and a speaking business. So you don't want to just have press but not have a six-figure offer. That won't get you what you want. You don't want to have press and be inviting people to work with you, but you don't know how to deliver a great speech. It really needs to be, when I looked at all the speakers that I've negotiated on behalf of, when I looked at why our business was consistently generating revenue and I looked at my most successful clients, they had all four of these elements. And so the systems that we teach are based on all four of those elements. I love that breakdown, the acronym of paid. And on one of your Instagram reels, you were talking about getting paid for speaking. You made the statement, in order to make big money, you have to say no to small money. Can you break that down for our audience? What, what do you mean by that? Yes, I'm so glad you asked about this. So this is this has been a trend in my life. Whenever I've walked away from money, better opportunities have come for me. And I don't mean all money, but I'll give you an example. So my first law school was uh, a law school in Chicago. They actually changed the name. So this law school, as I know, it doesn't even exist anymore. But it was a small law school in Chicago. It was ranked like one 60 out of 200 law schools. It was not ranked well. And the average salary coming out of that law school was $50,000. Now, the law school I graduated from is Northwestern Law School, top 10 law school in the country. Average salary coming out right now is $200,000. But when I went to that first law school, I got into Northwestern. And the dean of my first law school was like, well, you need to stay with us. In fact, if you do, we'll give you X amount of dollars. And it was hundreds of thousands of dollars. It would have paid for all my living expenses and it would have given me all, all of my tuition would have been paid plus all my living expenses. I would have even had leftover money just to, to, to be. But in that moment, I looked at what the numbers said and I looked at the long-term impact of me going to a school with the alumni that I now share. And I decided, even though I would have to take out some loans to go to Northwestern, it would be more expensive, it'd be more arduous, it was worth the risk. And in doing that, when I graduated from law school, I had over 20 offers. All of them were multi-six-figure offers. And I eventually took a job a little bit later in my career with a $60,000 signing bonus on top of a $240,000 base. So the money... Walking away from the money then set me up for opportunities to get money forever. And I haven't even tapped in to the all of the alumni resources and all of the other opportunities that I now get just because of my school name. And so what a lot of people did, though, when I told them about this, they were like, no, Ashley, no, you have to take that money. You cannot have debt. You cannot do this. It's going to be so bad. Fear, 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 fear. But what I knew was that when you have a certain 
you know, credential and you know how to leverage that credential, it can really open up doors for you. Even if you could be successful without it, it will make your journey easier. And that's been, that's been my life, but I'll take it to the speaking world. So in speaking, when you take $100, $1,000 engagements, you are on flights every week, you are on calls every week, you are tired, you look successful to Instagram because people are like, man, she's always traveling. She must be great. This is amazing. This is incredible. But what I learned and what a lot of my clients are like, man, you're not speaking. I'm like, I have two clients right now. One is at $180,000 annually. One is at $60,000 annually. I could take more, but only if I want to. And only if it's going to be an opportunity that makes me, you know, makes me happy. And those clients never stressed me out. Like when, when those are my, my two bread and butter clients, they weren't calling every day. They weren't stressing me out. They followed the system. I had an, an admin that I was working with on each of their teams. Like it was great. So when I, but, but, but here's the thing, had I had those 100, $1,000 engagements, I wouldn't have had the time energy or foresight to do a good job on larger contracts because my larger corporate clients do require high level strategy. They're not looking for me to be a pencil pusher and do a whole lot of unnecessary work. They're looking for me to show up sharp and give them the best advice and counsel humanly possible. And they're looking for when I deliver to be well rested enough to do an amazing job in person speaking to their organizations. But if you're too busy, you can't do that. It doesn't allow you the freedom, the flexibility, and the mental uh, rest to show up powerfully for people who are paying those bigger ticket offers. And no, it doesn't mean I get to look cute for the gram on flights every single week. But now when I travel, it could be for my family. It could be to go visit a client, but I have time to go on vacation afterwards. So that's what I mean by that. There's a lot of really busy, broke speakers, but they're super busy. And at the end of the year, after all that travel, they're not even well paid. They're not, they don't have profit margin. So what I tell my clients is like, look, we don't care about pretty stages. <laughs> One of our value systems is we value being paid over pretty stages. We're not doing it for the gram, we're doing it for legacy. And so you gotta get out of that thought of I have to take every single dollar someone hands to me and operate from a position of power, which is if it doesn't work for me and it doesn't make sense, I can walk away from it and it's a muscle. You want to get comfortable saying no to some things. Ashley, you are bringing the fire today. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. I'm just glad you're here today. So it's I loved your story. I just read something about LeBron James's 18-year-old shoe deal. So when he first moved into the NBA and Reebok offered him $100 million and he declined it. Then Adidas came back with like an 80 to 90 million and he declined it because what he really wanted was a Nike contract um, after that for whatever it came out to be. You know how many 18-year-olds would have a hard time turning away an, an $80 million, $90 million, or $100 million? I mean, that is generational money. But he mm -hmm. knew his value. He said, no, no, no. I'm going to be the biggest thing you all have ever seen. That's not quite what I'm ready for. I need a brand that represents me and so on and so forth. And, and as we know... He'll come out of the NBA being the first, probably the first billionaire NBA player to ever leave the NBA, which is really cool. Now, you said something that struck a chord to me personally, because I had a speaking engagement with a university and it was for a strong $2,500. And it was so much work. It was it was it was for like six hours. 
and it was a lot of work and it was that the, the reason was more to plant a seed for other things it didn't work out like i thought did not return but because i can come back in the fall i thought no i'm okay i think <laughs> i need to rest till christmas but but i think so many other people do the same thing because i had just heard some other people on um instagram or somewhere who train people to speak and we're talking about hey so many schools have speaking engagements for three thousand to five thousand dollars in their budgets and i'm like well i know it's true but hopefully it's not what i did for six hours not counting the hours and days you spent creating this program to show up with to train people on something and then you get done and they send you ratings and there's a lot of people love it there's always a couple haters all these things and then you're like, oh, my goodness, I'm exhausted. So what is the difference between somebody like me who goes in and says, thank you, but doesn't feel like you really got paid anything because you probably just wasted your time? I mean, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Versus what you just taught, taught people to do with these. I was about to say ridiculously large, but I, I love it. These large paid speaking engagements where they can enjoy their life, be effective like they want and show up refreshed. So that's two things. One, if a client, like we just had a client, um, she's an educator. I absolutely love her story because she exemplifies what we teach. And she went from never being paid to speak to landing her first speaking and consulting contract. It was $60,000. And she said, this is more than I make in a year. I've never gotten paid before. She came to our live event, implemented what we taught on proposal writing and landed the contract. 60K. Now, that 60,000 isn't just for her to speak one time. There will be some, a variety of elements that she includes, but you're literally talking about maybe four workshops and some consulting. It wasn't laborious because we also talk about that. Don't throw the kitchen sink in them. So that's one camp. People who are getting some of the, cause I don't want people to be like 60K for one speech, sign me up. Now Obama, he's getting like six figures for one speech, but typically we're talking about um, a series of speeches, shouldn't be a lot, <laughs> that you're getting paid. 50 plus thousand dollars for. So that's one camp. There's contracts, there's packages, that's one camp. The other camp of people are like, look, I just want a keynote for a college. So I'll give you an example. In your example, that is what most, that's the life most speakers are living. They're tired, they're exhausted, they got $2,500. And that's because with $2,500, you can't hire the people to do the things so that you're operating only in your zone of genius. How it looks for us, we had a college client. They came in just under $15,000. We signed the contract. It was for a one-hour virtual talk. Once they signed the contract, I called our graphic designer. The graphic designer was like, okay, I know it's coming down the pipeline. I'll be ready to do your slides. I then called an instructional designer. I had a one-hour call with the instructional designer. She developed the slides, the talking points, and the handout that we were going to give the client for the students. I gave all the stuff she designed to the graphic designer, or maybe my admin did it. The graphic designer made it look pretty. I had my admin check it over. She gave it to me 24 hours beforehand. I went through everything, made sure it looked good, tested out some examples, made sure our tech was right. And then we showed up, did the presentation, my admins in the chat talking to the students, letting people in. I'm just presenting. After that's over, I do a call with the client and I go over our, um, our feedback form because we want to collect our own feedback. And I show the client, look, this is what happened. The students loved this and this is what they want to see next from me. How do we get that booked? And the client lets me know about next steps and rebooking. That's how your life should look if you're speaking to a school, because then you can get help involved. But let's say I had to come in person. Well, now they got to run at least 
more than that because I have to hire a driver. I got to get on a flight and I travel with my family. I don't like missing nights with my daughter. So it's me, my husband, my daughter, and our nanny travels with us everywhere we go. That's four seats. We like to fly first. Then we got to get a driver at the airport. Then we maybe rent a car. We do all the things, right? So when you charge appropriately, you can automatically provide a higher level service because now you have a team ensuring that the client is getting the best learning um, experience because the instructional designer, they're all, all of ours are professors at colleges. So they're very used to like, how do you keep students engaged and what are the activities? They create workbooks for all of our clients and the students that we serve and the, the professionals that we serve. So that's how it can look. But if you give me 2,500, I got to do all that myself. And then I'm going to be annoyed because now I got to drive myself, show up. I could maybe take an Uber. They're late. It just causes so much stress that when you show up, even if you do a good job, you're so exhausted that you don't want to do it again. And then people are like, speaking isn't for me. And it's like, no, speaking is for you, but the way you're doing it may not be the best option for you because it's too stressful. And it's a lot of work to speak. It doesn't matter if you're speaking virtually or in person. We are always exhausted after a presentation, okay? We are tired. I'm tired. My team is tired. Everyone's tired. So it's kind of like you really do want to make sure you're being paid for it. And when you sell it to the client, that's the that's the experience that you sell. You don't sell just you. You're like, oh, this is great. These are the learning objectives. Okay, our instructional design team is going to love putting together a presentation that perfectly fits that. And can we get some data from the students? Do you mind if they do a pre-event survey? Because I really want to make sure I hone in on what they need now. All of that only comes from having a level of professionalism and budget to get it done. So the client has a better experience. You have a better experience. And what we always hear from clients is like, man, y'all are so organized. And I'm like, yeah, because it's not just me. If you're relying on me to answer all your emails, give you all my W9, like, it's just me. But if we can bring in other people and stimulate the economy by hiring, then we can make it happen. So you got to set your budget not for you, but for the, the team that's going to help you serve the client. Mm, your strategy is is next level. And I love the collaboration piece. I think a lot of people, even myself, I struggle with that delegation you're saying you can do more when you have more people around you to take you further faster that, that's amazing that's amazing what would you say to is the biggest mistake that speakers make in their pitch to speak at certain venues you know the biggest mistake is they don't have a system Everything is haphazard and by chance. So if something works, they're shocked. If it doesn't work, they're frustrated. But it's like, where's the consistency? Because here's this is the difference between a um, haphazard and a system. So haphazard is like, I saw a flyer for an event. I'm just going to send a message to the organizer and hope it works out. Then we're going to do a call. We hope the call works out. And then they got to get back to me. Hope they, hope they get back to me. That's just like haphazard. And that's where most business owners, not just speakers, because what we teach really works for any business owner that needs to systematize the way they do their sales. But that's haphazard. That's how most business owners are living their life. A system is, I have a list of 100 targeted events that we're going to go after. I have added every single person who organizes those events on LinkedIn. I send them messages on the 1st, 15th, and 30th of every month. Then I call. Then I send a mailer. Then I check back in. You're not waiting for one of them to get back to you. If none of them get back to you within 14 days, then you have a new targeted list that you are then going after. And it's, it's systematic such that if you took yourself out of it, someone else could do all the things. 
So in our program, and even in our picture rate of cash challenge, people who sign up for the VIP option, we give them like 10 scripts they can use on LinkedIn and via email so they can start developing a system that is not dependent on them. Even if they don't send it out and admin can send it out, you can check it off. You know exactly what's happening. And when you have a system and you start getting yeses, you can then start to see, okay, well, if I email 100 people and I got five yeses, my conversion rate is X. So what if what would it look like if I had a 1,000 events I was targeting for the whole year with a conversion rate of Y? Okay, well, let me scale it back down because I already have too many clients. And then if you have a referral process, then it's crazy because it's like, man, I got five yeses. If those five turn into 15 opportunities, I'm doing at least three to five calls a week. So you need to have a system. So for us, we know in every area of our business, how many leads do we need in order to make this profitable? And when do we need to scale back because we're at capacity so that we can hire? And when do we need to put some fire on it because we're not reaching our goals? Wow. So you wrote, you put something out there the other day and it, on, it was about four weeks ago and it just caught my attention. It said people buy solutions, not problems, excuses, nor complaints. Can you, <laughs> can you kind of talk to that a little bit? It, it grabbed my attention and you have a lot of posts and that one grabbed me. <laughs> yes. Yes. We have a lot of posts on my personal Instagram page. Make sure y'all follow me at the Ashley Nicole show. So for that particular post, what I meant was I have clients who my clients are incredible, but we service a lot of people. So for example, we do this free challenge every month. This month we have over 3000 speakers already registered of those 3000 registered. We may have six or 700 of them show up live, maybe a little more, but around there. And it may be less. You never know. The people who don't show up live, though, we typically get these emails that's like, I didn't know it was this day. I didn't know what was going on. I've already tried pitching and it didn't work. Like, there's all of these excuses that I'm like, you're showing up like a problem. So it is no wonder that clients don't want to work with you. And then I just sometimes I'll get a, a wild email from someone. And I'm like, let me just go to their Instagram page. Doom and gloom is what's on that Instagram page. Oh, this ain't working out. Mama ain't doing this. Daddy's sick. Blah, blah, blah. Just doom and gloom. And I'm like, oh my goodness. No one is going to pay you to lead them down. <laughs> like, no one's paying you to lead them down. People are paying you to lead them up. So it doesn't matter what's going on in the climate, what's going on in the world. Your job as a leader, as an entrepreneur, as um, as someone who is trying to get the money from other people to serve them is to always lead them up. And this is the hard part about leadership is sometimes you got to lead people up when you're feeling down. That's the hard part. But that's why great leaders always have their own self-care plan. They have their own therapist. They have their own um, pastor. They have their own relationships that they keep good. They have their own family time. Because the truth of the matter is, if I'm leading people and they're paying me to do it, and most of our services are at a premium if it's working with me directly. So if you're paying me to coach you, you're paying me to lead you, even if I'm personally feeling sad, that's not your problem because you didn't pay for a problem. You paid for a solution. And my fiduciary oblig obligation to you is to be a solutionist. It's to show up like a leader. So I got to make sure I'm straight, but I don't make sure I'm straight on the internet. I'm not going on the internet talking about, well, today is a bad day. It's, it, it ain't going to work out. It's not, like you can sometimes, you can be transparent, but you cannot always show up like a problem, having problems and expect people to pay you top dollar to give them a solution. It won't happen. 
and complaints and excuses. I mean, you can feel however you feel, but one of my business coaches say, made a statement and I loved it. It was like, you can be sad, but your business doesn't care. Your business is always hungry and it needs to have revenue. You could be sad, but your business doesn't care. And so you can't, you can't, I try very hard not to make excuses, but to come with solutions, even if that means, you know, if I have to, if life does happen. So if we need to make some changes, even in the way we communicate those changes, it needs to be solution driven. Absolutely. Ashley, we always wrap up our last segment of the show called Off Script, where we ask our guests to give us one last piece of advice or one last piece of whatever's on your heart that you want to leave our audience with? I would say to everyone listening, the number one indicator of your success is your belief because belief drives all action. I believe that you all have an amazing podcast. That's why I'm here. You believe that you have a message for the world. That's why you created it. Like creations come first from belief before anything else. Like, well, I guess first it'd be a thought then it would be a belief and that belief would drive action. A lot of people want, they have wants, but they don't always have beliefs. So if you're listening to this and you have desires, those desires need to convert to beliefs that are so strong that they will drive your actions. Once you believe that you can land whatever number contract you can land, you'll start taking the steps towards it. You'll start asking people for that amount of money and you'll start showing up like the solutionist that receives that type of money. You become that thing and then you can see it in your life. So just check your belief, look at the belief systems that are holding you back and cement the belief systems that can propel you forward. Mm. This is why you need to purchase Ashley's book, Speak Your Way to Cash and stay connected with her on social media follow her on her ig page at the ashley nicole show on instagram and you have a live event coming up what is the name of the live event coming up? absolutely so every year we do a live event in november called speak your way to cash live where for three days we walk you through our proprietary system and you learn what it takes to land some of these contracts that we've talked about on this call but almost every month this year, we've been doing what's called the Pitch Your Way to Cash Challenge so that people who are like, I mean, it sounds good, but is this girl really the real deal? They can come, they can interact with my team, and they can learn in three days how to start pitching for some of the opportunities that we've talked about. And they can just register for that at pitchyourwaytocash.com pitchyourwaytocash.com and it is an incredible three-day journey if you upgrade to vip you do get the pitch your way to cash playbook but the general event is free and it's online and you can register now absolutely i would not hesitate as she said that it's free and listen i'll, I'll probably be registering myself she dropped so much nuggets so many information just in these 30 minutes it's just been an amazing time thank you again ashley for having this conversation with us how to become a profitable speaker stay connected with unscripted you can follow us at unscripted on all social media support the podcast unscripted-leadership.com our podcast is available on all streaming platforms you can become a part of our patreon family at patreon.com backslash unscripted leadership as always we pray that you be the leader that god has called you to be we're here to build bridges and not walls bridges connect and walls divide until next time god bless